From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. Most Christians believe that Jesus is their king. Some call him your majesty. Very strange. They are ruled and governed by their invisible friend, a being they believe to be their king. Yet their very own Bible says that Satan is their current king. According to Luke 4, 5-7, Job 41, 11, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, and John 12, 3, Yahweh has made Satan the ruler of this world. Their king gave up his crown and he placed it on the head of his arch nemesis. On purpose. It's like the Disney cartoon Robin Hood. You know, Oodalali, Fortune's Forecast, Lucky Charms, that one. If King Richard had left Prince John in charge, knowing he would be the shit ruler he was, King Richard wouldn't be a very good king, would he? The same goes for Yahweh when he creates and promotes the very being that steals, kills, and destroys the children of God. Why would anyone want to worship such an incompetent monster? Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. What do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Uh, Today's special guest is author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, and ordained minister, Jocelyn Jones. Welcome to the show, Jocelyn. Thanks for having me, Michael. Glad to be here. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for coming on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, well, a whole lot here. Um, So I am the owner of a Christian counseling practice. We specialize in helping people who've experienced trauma and grief and loss. As you mentioned, I'm the author of a book called Breaking the Power of the Mask, which also Mm. deals with helping people to heal from their past trauma, grief, and other things that have happened to them. Uh, And then we also do trainings uh, for churches around trauma and healing. Uh, As you know, trauma has hit the the world uh, mm-hmm. with the pandemic, and then people also deal with the trauma outside of that, uh, whether it's domestic life. violence, abuse, life, <laughs> right? And and so we realize that there's a need for churches to become trauma informed, and so my mm-hmm. company really works to walk alongside of churches in that area. And so those are a couple of things that I do, Michael. Gotcha, gotcha. So exactly, um, as far as the churches go, how how do you do that specifically? Yes. So I became affiliated with the Trauma Healing Institute in 2020. And the Trauma Healing Institute was established in 2001. It's rooted in Africa. Hmm. And they uh, came alongside of pastors who had recognized that their members had experienced trauma, but they didn't know how to help them to heal. Hmm. And so the Trauma Healing Institute developed this curriculum Hmm. that combines the Bible and mental health principles to help churches and lay leaders to be help 
be able to help their members heal from trauma. And so I became affiliated with them in 2020. And now I utilize that curriculum to equip other lay leaders who might not have gone to Bible college, might not have gone to school to be a counselor, but they do want to help their members to heal from trauma. And so this curriculum is perfect for them to be able to do that. Interesting. So how did you develop this curriculum? Is it uh, uh, based off of uh, psychology, you know, studies and stuff like that? How does it work? Yeah. So I I can't take the credit for that curriculum. (laughs) The Trauma Healing Institute created Mm -hmm. that curriculum by bringing together top Bible scholars and mental health professionals. And they broke down these principles in a way that is is simplistic in nature. So, again, someone uh, who doesn't have that experience can be able to utilize it to help their members. So. With um, with this curriculum, are they able to do it by themselves? Are they able to, um, I, I don't know, recover from their trauma or at least yes. deal with it a little better? So what what happens? I think that the curriculum is a first step because yeah. healing is a journey, an yeah. ongoing journey. Sometimes it could be a lifetime that we are yeah. on this path. But for some people, they have yet to deal with things from 20, 30 years ago ever. And so it's a good starting point to begin to peel back the Band-Aid, peel back the wound, to begin to explore what took place mm-hmm. and to begin to say, okay, through healing and community, by having a community of people who's going through this process with me, with mm. the help of God, I can begin nope. to slowly heal these wounds. And so I, it's a starting point, Michael. It's not gotcha. an end point. Gotcha, gotcha. So the people in the community do do what exactly as far as the, the they, they, they support or, or how does that work? Yeah. So the facilitators take them through this process where we begin to talk about what is trauma. And how does it impact us? And then what can we do to begin to share our stories to help us to heal? Hmm. I think, Michael, one of the things that is is vitally important is that we find our voice when it comes to our pain from our past. And so, you know, that we don't continue to keep secrets. Hmm. Oftentimes when we've been traumatized by certain things, especially Uh, in areas where it might have a stigma behind it. Abuse oftentimes brings about shame. And so we carry that in silence. Hmm. And so we encourage people to begin to share their testimony Hmm. in a safe environment where they know it'll be kept confidential and their pain will be held, like they'll Hmm. be held up uh, and encouraged while they they share. And Hmm. then we take them through the process of actually exploring forgiveness. Forgiveness Hmm. is a huge part of, you know, the healing process and then grieving the experience. Anytime you experience trauma, Mm -hmm. there's also a level of grief associated with it is grieving um, the loss of, of choice. If you were abused, grieving Mm -hmm. life as you knew it before, if something happened like an accident or you lost a, a limb due to something that took place. And so there's grief that must be acknowledged. And then we take people through bringing their pain to the cross, bringing their pain to Jesus so that they can begin to heal. And so it's several different classes that we take people through. And once they do the classes for their own healing, for those who are interested, we show them how that they can also begin to run the groups for other people. So it ends up being kind of like this train the trainer experience as we just accompany people through their healing process. Interesting. Well, I mean... All about helping people recover from trauma, hundred um, percent. I think that's good to, to 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 open it up and, of course, talk about it and talk it out and hash it out, all that stuff for sure. Um, curious though, you did mention that um, 
bringing the pain to Jesus or to the cross. How does that work? Yeah, you know, Jesus can hold our biggest emotions. And we that's a perfect starting point for people because sometimes we don't feel comfortable sharing what's really going on with us with others. And quite frankly, sometimes there's people in our lives, even those who might care about us, who aren't prepared to provide the type of care that we need when it comes to our trauma. Well, that's Jesus well, can good hold thing we that. have professionals, though. Exactly. Exactly. We so, do. But where, where, where's the Jesus part coming? Like I'm talking like people, professionals that can really help us out and we can work through these things. So you, you mentioned Jesus holds our emotions. How does that work? Yeah. It, so it, there's a lot there that I'm just not quite grasping there. <laughs> yeah. So what we try to tell people to do is to identify their pain. And just like the woman with the issue of blood, when she brought her, like when she reached out to Jesus, clung yeah. to his garment. We try to use that as an analogy to say the same thing when it comes to our emotional pain. We can literally come to Jesus with our biggest burdens, however uh -huh. long we've experienced trauma, however deep that pain is, and he can help us in our healing process. He invites us to bring our burdens to him so that he can begin to heal us. He is a healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. And so if anything, we need to be in communion with our Savior and be honest with our pain to mm. him so that we can begin to heal. And so that's that's what I'm speaking of in the class. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate the, the explanation. Um, as far as the Jesus part, though, like you say he takes it away and he helps out. In what way does he help out? Because what I'm seeing now, what mm -hmm. I'm saying is the people coming together, that community coming together, helping people hash things out, work all their problems out, stuff like that. I don't see once that has started, where what does Jesus actually do as part of that? Because that seems like a great job. What where, Where's Jesus needed? That's kind of where I'm going. You there. Said, so you said, why is Jesus needed or what? Where is, is he needed? Yeah. Where is he needed in that situation as far as because we got the people in the community helping out. And that's working towards that goal and, and mm -hmm. everybody's working towards that goal. So if that's helping and if that's working towards the end the result of being, you know, at least better from your, your trauma, um, where does the Jesus part fit in? I think it's central. I, I think that Jesus is at the core of, of everything that we need to, to do as it relates to our healing process. And so in terms of prayer, is one mm -hmm. thing that we we talk about the importance of praying and lamenting to God through expression. And so that's one of the, the the parts that we talk about through the act of lamenting and crying out to God and saying, this is what I'm holding. Um, this is something where that expression and being understood, Jesus knows what it's like to experience trauma firsthand. Mm -hmm. And so with that, through the act of expression, it's not like it's always miraculously taken away our pain. But we do know that if anybody understands, Jesus understands. And there's scripture that talks about how Jesus holds our pain, captures our tears in the bottle. God holds our tears in the bottle. And so if he cares about everything that harms us, everything uh -huh. that hurts us, uh -huh. then at least we know that there's someone who understands. So thank you. Um Knowing somebody understands for me personally is mm -hmm. not comforting enough, um, mm -hmm. especially if it's Jesus, a guy that can do anything he wants and, and or, you know, has unlimited powers. Um, he can actually stop things. He can he can intervene when needed. Uh, I, mean, I see. I, I get told all the time that that God intervenes in healing. Um, 
helping people recover from their trauma. Um, mm-hmm. But what about stopping the trauma? That would yeah. be probably better. And you didn't mention that prayer and crying out to God. That's the part that's like, to me, as a father, if my my kid was uh, st- stuck in a bear trap and it, mm-hmm. it was really hurting him, I saw it because I know it was going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. But I waited till he cried out to me to help. Would it not have been better to intervene before the trauma started? I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's a valid point that people ask all the time. That's why sometimes people are just frankly angry at God and feel like that God has abandoned them and God wasn't there. Why didn't you protect Mm. my child? Why didn't you save this situation? I don't have an answer for Mm. that. And I'm not going to pretend to. What I can say is that we are in a fallen world. Satan is real. We have free choice. And sometimes we can't like if if you choose to to do something that's violent against me. God is not going to come down necessarily and stop you from doing that. Am I going to blame mm. God for your decision to harm me? Am I going to blame God for certain decisions that I've made that had consequences? Am I going to blame God for mm. the fact that we do live in a fallen world and Satan is real? And so uh-huh. some of these things do contribute to our pain. So I think right now you're talking mm. about suffering and suffering when we look at it can come from Satan. It can come from free will and our choice, my choice, your choice to do harm and do and engage in sin. And so I think sometimes when we look at situations like that, we want to find something to blame, which is real, which is honest. But it doesn't take away the fact that God still cares about us, even in the aftermath of a certain situation where he might not have intervened, but he will be with us in those valley moments. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, again, it would just be more comforting to know that he would stop the bear trap from happening. And so yeah. just, you know, I'm here. I had a bear trap once too, man. I could have stopped it, but you know, I'm here. I'm here with you now. <laughs> I, get I, don't, it. I don't know. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. So where does the prayer come in? How does that fit in? Because this, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a daily practice that I, I hold on to in terms of helping me to strengthen my fra- my faith Hmm. And, and commune with God and receive from the Holy Spirit to help me to have some some wisdom and guidance on my day. Um, give me perspective. Tell me when I am, you know, in a, in a place where I need to do some self-reflection on some of my decisions that hmm. I made and I need to own some of my stuff. Um, going back to what I said earlier, uh, there's some times in which we make certain decisions and we we blame the world. Hmm. When we also want to be looking at ourselves. And so in my prayer time, sometimes the Holy Spirit is correcting me saying, yeah, Jocelyn, that's something that, you know, you made that decision or it doesn't have to stay this way. And so in in that conversation with God, there's correction that takes place. I I get that with uh, my drives home from work. Sometimes I'll be going through scenarios in my head and I'll be like, man, I should have said something else or maybe I should be. A little bit different in this this uh, situation or something, you know. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. just my 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 conscious, my Jiminy Cricket, my uh, uh, you know, <laughs> my common sense. I guess I don't know. I don't know how else to explain. It. It's just I go through the day stuff. I mean, it happens to all of us, and usually it happens when I'm in a car ride zoning out. I guess. Mm-hmm. So, can you define prayer? What, how, what is prayer to you? It's for me. Oh, yeah, it's communion with God. Communion it's conversation. With God. It, it is, and it's funny. Like there's times when I'm doing it in the shower. Like sit on the car ride, 
I like and you, you said, the like, shower too. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> it, it could be an improper, you know, it, in private moments, I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you're, well, on the toilet it, when you're surfing through. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, and all of a sudden a thought will pop in your head and you'll be like, man, I should have done that. I should have said that. Yeah. Or, or maybe I could do this with my life or I can go this with the podcast or, you know, just different things. It's just ideas that pop into my head. Now, mm-hmm. how do you decipher? This is great. I love this. How do you decipher? Between your own thoughts and your own decisions and, and recollections and, and and thinking things through, how do you decipher between that and a holy ghost? That's a great question. Sometimes I don't always get it right. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. is that me? Is that is that like my self-talk? You know, I, I think one of the things that we can do is as we begin to study the word more, we can say, okay, is this in line with some of the teaching in the word? Um, and, you know, if you, it's something Explain. where... Yeah, yeah. So if we know if it's something that's outrageous that's telling you like go jump over a bridge, that's not God. <laughs> that's not the well, Holy Spirit, right? There's so a lot of obvious. there's a lot of very strange commands in the Bible. That's true. So I that mean, it's true that you got me there. And then you got to go further back again to find out which commands we should be following and which ones were actually said by who and by when and for what reason. And then that's so true. We can't just do that. Okay. We can't. You're right. Like okay, because I'm thinking when you said that, I thought about Abraham, and I'm like, oh no, well, yeah, yeah oh, mm. that was an example of God saying <laughs> with those outrageous things. So you know, foot and mouth there. Oh, that's but, a story. Um, we'll get there. Like, yeah, yeah. But but yes, I'll, but I'm I. I am saying that um, there's certain things where if it's harmful towards yourself, harmful towards other people, like Harm. seriously, like yeah. you, you want to take note of that, like that's if it's destructive in nature, um, oh, there's certain yeah. there's certain things where there's lies of Satan and he will say certain things. Um, mm. And sometimes the Satan is slick. And well. so sometimes. What, what, what are you? Well, what you I don't have? know. See, then you go. He goes right back into how do you know it's Satan? You know, because right. there's again, there's verses in the Bible where God will use lying spirits. He will use evil spirits. He will use Satan to do certain things. So, again, man, it's like, how it's do t- we know these things? It's it difficult. Just, and, yeah. and that's why I think we need to be slow to act sometimes, because while we're deciphering, while we're trying to discern, is this God, especially when we're making bigger decisions, even the smaller decisions can be consequential in nature. Um, but taking time to pause um, and, and then sometimes I still miss it again. I'm not going to pretend like I have all the answers. Sometimes I, you know, I say, OK, God, is this you? Should I be doing this? And I step out. And if it wasn't God, I believe that God's grace is sufficient enough to help me out if I make a, a wrong decision. And well, so and I pray for God's that- covering. Again, that's that's debatable with Bible verses and stories and whatnot, too. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but but does he not want to communicate with you? Absolutely. Is he not all powerful and knows the best way to communicate with you? He does. But sometimes uh, we are so distracted. We got white noise uh, where it could be very difficult for us to hear. I can I can tell you there's certain seasons in my life where my mind is so noisy. I'm so stressed. I'm in such a bad state and I haven't been communi- communing with God enough to be able to hear the still small voice that it's hard for me to to be in tune. But then there's times I'm telling you, there's been moments in my life where I was like cued in. I was fasting. I was truly seeking out God. And there would be moments like I, I had a, an experience several years ago 
and a formal former position that I was working at where an individual was doing some very shady stuff to cause <laughs> issues in the agency. Uh -huh. um, and I was the manager at the time and it could have been costly to us. And I prayed about it. I didn't know what it was, Michael, hmm. that she was doing, but I'm like, God, please reveal this to me. And literally it was a small, still small voice that said, check this invoice, do this. And it was like everything I was like, God downloading it to me, what to do. It was clear. It was almost audible to me. And that oh, was yeah. one of those moments. That, that's mm -hmm. great. That's a lot. Uh, but how do you know it wasn't you? How do you know that was number one? I wasn't, number one, I wasn't it was smart Jesus. enough to. I know that then, I was. I know that wasn't me because I was not smart enough to come up with that. Why I don't in think the you world, give yourself enough credit, Jocelyn? Oh, I know in that situation I wasn't. I would. I would not have. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I would not have said check the invoice or hmm. check this file on the T-Mobile bill or do. Well, there's certain I mean, things. You, that, I mean, we check invoices, right? As just to check things, and I, I, I mean, get it. That's, that's in I, the back of your head somewhere. And then I, I believe that wasn't the, the case for know. me in that I moment. Yeah, and and so I think that, Michael, for, for you, that might be, you might say that you would have came up with that. I'm yeah, yeah, I from personal yeah. experience that got clearly ordered my steps and deserves the, the glory and credit in that moment. And I think that this is something where your, your experience is different than mine, but yeah, I know yeah. when God yeah. clearly spoke to me. And there's times in which I'm not sure. And I'll say that I'll say yeah. I had a hunch, I believe, but there's times in which I do believe the Holy Spirit is very loud. It's yeah. uncomfortable. It's like uncomfortable in you. It's like you need to move. And Interesting. like for, for instance, there's times in which have you ever, ha ever had a moment where you said to yourself, man, something told me I should have did X, Y, Z. And afterwards you didn't do it. And you're like, ah, oh, you know, maybe you could say maybe. it was Jiminy Cricket, <laughs> or you could say it was Holy Spirit. It's debatable. It could be. What's it, your take um, on that, Michael? Nah, thank you. Because <laughs> I know you don't uh, tell me. It could be anything. It could be anything. Uh -huh. Honestly, I mean, but for mm -hmm. me, it's most likely my own thoughts and and jogging up some memories of some ideas on how to do things. That's where I would go with that. But but my okay. question would that would follow would 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 be. Why has God chosen to give you these powerful nudges about a bear trap that you need to investigate and not give powerful nudges or save a child that is being assaulted? I don't think I fully understand your question. He, you he, sent, you, he sent you this, this warning, I guess, with these ideas about where to find this stuff to help mm -hmm. you out, to mm -hmm. steer away from the bear trap or to find the bear trap where it's at so you can reveal it. But what about the kid who's walking into a priest's office into that bear trap? God does not send the tingles or the saving for those kids. Why has he chosen to send those tingles and those savings for you to, in this specific situation, but not when it's really kind of more detrimental to, uh, uh, to a life form as opposed to. You know, so do, do, you're speaking does that make about sense? something. You're speaking about something very serious, and and when it comes to abuse of a child, mm. again, that that's some evil stuff that I I can't speak to. I'm not able to defend God or be God's attorney no. in that situation. But how does it work for you though? That's all I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I I would say that the person who's the abuser in that situation. Mm will be held accountable for their sin and their wrongdoing. Eventually. I, and it, at some point, eventually, whether it's mm -hmm. on earth or in hell or whatever 
place they go hmm. in an afterlife. I don't know. Well, Maybe they yeah. repent and Jesus is able to forgive. Them. I don't See, know. They, yeah. So that's not really but, paying for their punishment or a punishment for their actions. It doesn't you know? mean. It doesn't mean because people can, you know, they can be redeemed. They can be turned around, but it does not mean that they don't face consequences. Hmm. It doesn't mean even if someone who um, committed murder um, and repents for their sin and turns to God, I do believe that there's redemption for for sin, you know, so wow. someone can turn their life around, but they still can't face consequences. Such um, as? They still such as jail. Oh, such as the the um the justice system. Oh, um, if they never get caught, though. Can, what about what about the afterlife justice? The afterlife justice. See, again, that's one of those things where I can't pretend to know where someone can go. Like I could say, I mean, hmm. again, they could go to hell. They could go to heaven. They can go. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I do believe that even if we don't see it, hmm. there's going to be some level of consequence for what they have done. It might not be in the criminal justice system because the criminal justice system, I believe, is broken. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I, 100%. I, but there's also uh, what I have seen, it's street justice. There's also the fact that they might be living a life where they are absolutely miserable. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I hope that whoever, because well, here's what I do believe, that yeah. there's oftentimes, not always, hmm. but individuals who inflict pain on others have experienced pain, um, have hmm. experienced abuse. It could be other factors like mental health and all these yeah. other things too. Brain tumors. But <laughs> yeah, there, there's a whole lot of things. But I I do believe that there's redemption and in, in for those individuals. And I hope they do. I, the hope. I hope they yeah. do that's yeah. a that's a prayer. Um but at the same time I believe hmm. there's consequence. And yeah. so um and that's something that that our maker will have to deal with that person for, but I can't speak to why, you know, God yeah. didn't stop that child from walking into that, uh, that office. I can say that there's evil in this world. We have an enemy known as Satan. Satan. He's all about that. And yeah. so where does Satan come because from? We're in this fallen world. We're still going to have pain and suffering, trauma, abuse, and some of the things that are detestable to God. until we have our second coming. Where does Satan come from? Now that's a deep question. I I, I know the story <laughs> Lucifer falling from heaven, <laughs> it, you know, and I mean uh, the angel, it, yeah. uh, his jealousy. We know that backstory, um, but you know, I don't I don't know why that he, Satan wasn't stopped from doing those things, and mm. I, I don't know all that backstory. But I just mm. I know the the basics of that story. Gotcha. Well, who who created Satan? You said who created Satan? Yeah, who created Satan? So I, I'm not a, a theologian. I, all I Neither know I. is that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just we're on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not. I, I know the story of um, Satan being an angel that got jealous yeah, and yeah. Well, fell. That, That's I can tell you, is actually from Ezekiel and Isaiah. And both of those are talking about a king of Babylon and a king of Tyre. So mm -hmm. those have been taken out of context, I'm going to say it, mm -hmm. <laughs> and used for that manner. Um, gotcha. But if if we do ascribe to the fact that Satan is a bad guy and God created everything, we have to know, we have to assume that God created Satan. And since God knows everything, God created Satan knowing exactly what he would do. And then to make it worse, 
he made him king of the earth. Like Satan, Satan made a choice, just like we can make a choice. God made a choice of creating Satan and then allowing him to be king of the earth. Those are God's choices. God made a choice to give us free will, just like Satan had a choice. He made his choice. He will lose in the end. And so eventually eventually, we do got to hang things out until the meantime. (laughs) And I know that that sucks, right? But (laughs) it is what it is. It sucks and it doesn't make sense, though. I mean, like, eventually he's going to punish the bad people after they're done doing the things that he has created them knowing they will do. Who's to say that they're not getting punished right now, though? Who's to say that the those who are committing sin aren't also suffering at the hands of sin? I mean, again, we're in a fallen world, Michael. You know, so this is one of those things where I get it. It's frustrating. I, <laughs> why doesn't God just beam us all up and we're in this euphoric place, this paradise right now? Yeah. We're not. Yeah. And so I guess that's the questions that you're wrestling with. You you seem like you're a little bit upset with God. Is that what I'm sensing? I don't believe like, God is real, though, Jocelyn. I can't be upset with God. It's like if Santa didn't bring me gifts and I was upset at Santa. I don't believe in Santa. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't believe Santa's real. I don't believe God's up there um, creating bad guys and making them kings of the world. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man, I just went to Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm king of the world, you know. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. Uh, so, so do you believe that, though, that God made him king of the world, like, on, on purpose? I, I don't think it was on purpose. I believe that mm. Satan had a choice that Satan made. Mm. And as a result, this is what we have going on right now. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't have a final plan in place. Mm. Interesting. So, uh, if I if I let a bad guy loose in my kid's room and then eventually, because free will, eventually I stepped in and, and made the bad guy suffer for doing all the stuff that I allowed him to do, would mm-hmm. I be at fault for everything the guy did? So would you be at fault for, for everything that the bad guy did? Yeah. The bad guy made his choice. Uh-huh. It doesn't mean that. If you so and I, I guess you're using this example of like a parent not defending. So you're saying that, that he wouldn't be at fault. The, the, well, I'm not saying that Satan's not at fault for what he's doing. Uh, what I'm saying, if you know, the stories are true, um, I'm saying I let's pretend I'm God and my kid's bedroom is Earth and my kids are the people of the planet. And I create this bad guy out of something and I throw him in there for 10 years. And allow him just to do whatever he wants for 10 years. I'll send my kids tingles and thoughts and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of it, then I'll punish the bad guy for everything he did. Would I be at fault for putting that bad guy in there and and having all those things happen? That's an interesting perspective. Um, I don't know if I would equate it like that. Um, I'll have to think on that. I don't really have an answer to that question. I love I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I I think. I think you like getting people stuck on I don't knows or theoretical <laughs> situations, but I I will say that mm-hmm. I do believe that God has a plan and has a plan. and for Satan at the end of the day he will lose. Gotcha. The end of the day, yeah. Revelation, uh, I think he's going to step in at the last moment and and take Satan away and all of his friends. Uh, personally, I, I wouldn't wait till the last second. I would step in if I could stop it from happening. I would stop it from happening. And that's what makes me different from uh, Yahweh. But that's just what it is. So we talked about forgiveness a lot. And we'll kind Mm -hmm. of end with that. 
Um, so as far as forgiveness, how does that work for you? Because in the Bible, it's Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So God needs bloodshed in order to, to forgive people. And that's the story of Jesus. I don't see that as doing less harm to people. I see that as causing more harm so that you can forgive. And I, I don't think we need to cause harm to forgive. And that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. So how does that work for you? So um, in terms of forgiveness, to your point, for me, I don't need to cause harm to forgive. That Good. was one act in itself for <laughs> complete redemption. And, and so well, yeah, well, um, for ahead, forgiveness, forgiveness is releasing someone, hmm. releasing someone of the um, the choosing to um, bring consequences for their actions. So I'm releasing you. I'm no longer holding my grudge against you. I'm hmm. releasing you to God. I'm letting that go. And so that's the forgiveness piece. And I don't have to be reconciled to you. I don't have to be in relationship with you. <laughs> I'm releasing you. And so that that's something that I think it benefits. Uh, obviously, it might benefit the person who's being forgiven, but it benefits you to forgive, to yeah. release the person who's harmed you. Because if you hold that bitterness in your mm -hmm. heart, Mm -hmm. it's going to destroy you. It's going to hurt you if you stay angry at someone in your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't stay angry. What's that? Oh, excuse me. Sorry. It's that uh, don't go to bed angry thing. You know, that's always a good example or uh, way to go too. Um, but you mentioned bitterness and grudge. Do you think, did you think that God had a bitterness and a grudge towards humanity? And that's why he needed uh, Jesus to die. Um, I don't think bitterness and grudge. Hmm. I think it was in a, a response to some of the things that was taking place in humanity that he needed to send down a savior to to provide a redemption for us in our sins. Um, but I wouldn't use the word grudge. Hmm. Anger. Um, I don't I don't know about anger. I mean, it, there's possibly might have been moments in which hmm. it was. Uh, yeah, I could say like anger might have been for certain things that we did because we did clown at certain points in the old testament mm. um but i can't tell you the thought process of god that would be me pretending I, that i knew something that i really <laughs> don't <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah well we can't speak for god that's for sure um i can speak for spider-man but that's a, that's in a whole other point there <laughs> i see your spider-man <laughs> microphone yeah he's there um but god gets angry a lot in the bible i see that a lot and and he lashes out with his anger you mentioned in the old testament that people did a lot of things um mm -hmm. like worshiping other gods mm -hmm. and and how did he choose to handle his emotions when he found out they were worshiping other gods there was consequence yeah, and there was there was def definitely different consequences. I mean, we saw Noah in the flood, um, yeah. we wiped out the whole world, Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, there was consequences. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for that, there were some responses to that. Do you think the consequences were rational, justified? You know what? I, they were they were harsh in my book uh, in terms <laughs> of like, book. OK, <laughs> I was like, OK, you know, but I again, 
God chose to do those things for a reason. And hmm. I can't get in the mind of God. That's that's above some of these questions that you're asking me are above my pay grade, quite frankly. <laughs> you know, I was like, this God's is on paying a you? Of- Wait a minute. No, <laughs> oh, no, no. This is, this is above my weight class. That's like me asking me to go in the mind of something that's sovereign. I can't answer that. I can't say, oh, God said hmm. this is why that that's just that I can't do that for you. Well, maybe we can you can uh, like next time you're in that prayer section ask him and see if he comes back with any answers. Uh, why did yeah, you lash out good. irrationally in such a manner? Cause that, I mean, that would be really helpful. Maybe you can email me if he does come up with any answers. Uh, Cause I'm going to go over Deuteronomy here. Deuteronomy 28 is one of the, one, uh, there's a bunch of them, but this is just one of the most egregious ones I'm happen to be looking at right now. Uh, it's the curses for disobedience. I don't know how long it's been since you've followed up on this one, but there are mm. so many egregious things in here. And some of them I'm not even going to mention to you because it's, it's that bad. Mm-hmm. These are things he's going to do if you disobey him. Now, as a rational human being, if somebody, I don't, a police officer, started yelling all these things at me because I wouldn't listen to his orders, would that be justified? Well, that's Old Testament you're talking about. So I it mean, still happened though. That's it. Still happened. It's, it's since since then. Thankfully, because you read the book, we received <laughs> like Jesus came for us to redeem us. So we wouldn't have to deal with all that. The bloodshed took place. And so by it's, the blood, it's still disgusting and unjustifiable the way he handles himself, the way he decides to enact with his emotions. Well, that's again, you have your opinion, but our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. hundred percent. I would not ours. send wild animals to tear up children if they didn't listen to me. Probably I, I'm wouldn't. so I glad those are not either. my thoughts. <laughs> I probably wouldn't either. But you're not sovereign, not your you're not deity. So I don't know. So I don't God's know what thoughts we're doing to us are bad, though. Those are bad thoughts to me. Drowning a child like he did in the flood because they were bad people. Like drowning children are bad to me and you. So why would he do something that we would consider egregious and horrific? Why would he do that? That's a question for God. You should ask yeah. him. Well, I, I, many, many times I've tried that and I don't hear anything. Um, mm. Yeah, there's nothing there except for my own thoughts. I haven't been able yeah. to distinguish that between that Spider-Man or Kalima. I mean, <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's hard to distinguish. It's really hard it, to tell the difference there. Mm-hmm. Is this Yahweh? Silence. Are you there? Silence. You know, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's difficult, Jocelyn. It's difficult. It, it is difficult. It's, it's challenging, Michael. So the, we'll close on the, the forgiveness part with Jesus. Um, Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Um, mm-hmm. So he needs the blood of the innocent in order to forgive the guilty. Would you choose to slaughter the innocent in order to forgive the guilty? Slaughter the innocent? No. That Why would not, not be my choice. I, I I would not do that, but I would, thankfully am not in a situation where I have to. Right, but why would you so, not, though? Why would you choose not to do that? So, I I would not choose to do that because I wouldn't want to kill anybody. <laughs> like, Same. I would want to be in Good a situation. Answer. Like, so <laughs> do less like, harm, right? Yes, that right. that that would be my thoughts on that. Mine too, mine too, but not God's, not God's. All right, and I'm Jocelyn. not God. Thankfully, no, I don't have to make those. We are not God's. Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although the last person I talked to thought we were all gods. That was an interesting conversation. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was fun. Jocelyn, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for your time. Go ahead. And I want you to plug uh, where can we find you? 
Yeah. Um, if you're interested, visit jocelynjjones.com for more information or my uh, company website, faithonthejourney.org to learn more about our trauma healing groups. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. We'll keep in touch. Stay safe out there. All right. Thank you, Michael. Take care. That's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? Now, preview of next week's episode. Something had to pay for your sin. Nothing had to pay for my sin. Of course, this is his rule that he chose to make. He didn't have to make it this way. Do you think he can forgive sin without bloodshed? And he chose to make it that way. So what? Right. That doesn't make it right or logical, Scott. (laughs) It makes it right. It makes it right, Scott. Would you choose to slaughter the innocent? Choose to slaughter the innocent to forgive the guilty. Innocence. Innocence. Would you choose to slaughter an innocent to forgive the guilty? But that's my point. That's what God did. He chose to to slaughter his innocent son. Would you choose to to do that? Would you choose to do that, Scott? I wouldn't, but I'm not God. Why wouldn't you choose to do that, Scott? I couldn't kill my son for somebody else. Why wouldn't you choose to do it? It's it's like the soldier that um, the grenade is thrown in their their bunker and the soldier decides to... You're the second one to tell me this story. Go ahead. I love this. Go ahead. I have something for you at the end of this. Go ahead. No, but then you understand self-sacrifice. No, Scott. Who threw the grenade? That's irrelevant. No, it's not. The guy that threw the grenade also jumps on the grenade and then wants praise and worship for it. God threw the grenade. This is his decision, Scott.